You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. So let's go ahead and get to today's walk talk. And if you're catching this at a later time and you were in my live previously, thank you. Thanks for coming back to look for it. Um, All of these are archived on my profile. So if you guys want to, good morning. If you wanna go back and watch any of my previous walk talks, just go over to the videos tab on my profile and you can watch them. One thing I'm seriously, I think I'm up to 35, maybe 40 episodes now. One thing I'm seriously considering doing is turning these into a podcast because I'm getting that request that people can't watch the entire walk talk without keeping the app open. Um, So I might do that. So if this is years down the road and you are listening to this, this was the original live that you heard <laughs> me consider that because this will be archived on on that podcast if and when I do that. So maybe I will, maybe I won't, I don't know. But um, if you're listening to it, I did. And today's walk talk is going to be about Christians don't turn from sin to be repeatedly forgiven. So when, before I got cut off, I was in the middle of a fake interaction with Johnny. So Johnny just got saved and Johnny said, I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. And then I asked Johnny, what does that mean? Johnny, Johnny doesn't have any real clear answer. Um, the next answer he would probably say is the next time I sin, I'm going to repent again. Okay. So What does that look like, Johnny? What are you doing to repent? Well, I'm going to stop that sin, okay? So every time you sin now, you're going to think, I repent? Do you see that? So you've gone from come to Jesus, be completely forgiven exactly as you are, to a works-based righteousness because then our salvation went from depending on Jesus to save us to I'm going to stop sinning every single time I sin. Now here's the thing with that. Once you begin to go down the road of I'm going to stop sinning in order to be repeatedly forgiven, you're making yourself your own judge and your own God, so to speak. Because here's what's going to happen. If you base your continual salvation and who you are, forgiven and unforgiven, on whether or not you've repented of that sin, a couple things are going to happen when you do sin. So first of all, you're going to think, did I sin? That's always a healthy thing. It's always a healthy thing when you sin to acknowledge it. But then you're going to think, was it that bad? Or did I do it because? Or that's not a sin. Do you see that? So then you begin to judge. Little Johnny begins to, you know, the next time, say he leaves church, goes to lunch, gets in an argument with his um, neighbor when he gets home, lost his cool. Went back in and he cursed his neighbor out. 
and he goes inside and he's thinking, oh, pfft, shouldn't have done that. I better repent. What's he going to do? Is he going to go outside, talk to the neighbor, say he's sorry? What if the neighbor won't talk to him? What if he says, no, the neighbor said that to me and then I responded that way so there's nothing really wrong with what I just did. So we go from saying, I repent of my sins, which makes no sense at all because how are you keeping track of them? How are you judging them? What about the sins you forget about? What about the sins that are in your mind? Uh, what about the sins that you incorrectly justify and head off into the rear view mirror of your life never to be thought of again? What about repeated sins? Some people will say repeated sins aren't forgiven. That's still a works-based work righteousness. You're no longer trusting Jesus. You're trusting yourself to no longer repeat a sin. Do you see that? So we go from being forgiven, justified, cleansed, receive our salvation in full, receive our forgiveness in full, to a works-based righteousness when we want to say, I'm going to repent. Listen, and I want you to understand this. Turning from your sinful actions and attitudes, always a healthy thing. Repent. Repent. Every time you sin, repent. That's normal. That's healthy. That's a good thing. Do that. But here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to think you are repenting. Again, that's gray. In order to receive more forgiveness. So we want to look at repentance as Christians as a maturation process, as a growth process. Our minds are being renewed. But just because our minds are being renewed and we're growing and we're maturing, we're responding differently, that doesn't mean we're receiving more forgiveness. We're already forgiven. So when you sin, what you're really going to have to deal with is, I'm already forgiven. So when you understand that the only way you can be forgiven is not by somehow repenting, but by grace through faith in Jesus once, then you understand grace. So it is the grace of God that will teach you how to mature. It is the grace of God which will allow you to live an upright, holy life and not live a neurotic life of, I gotta repent. I gotta repent of my sins. Okay? So we don't turn from sin to be forgiven. When, you, when and if you ever got saved, Right now, I'm going to talk to the people who are saved. When you got saved, how did you get saved? You believed that Jesus forgave you. You knew that you needed his forgiveness. You believed. It is by hearing with faith that you are saved. It is by hearing with faith that you receive that forgiveness once in your lifetime. Paul tells the Galatians this. How did you receive the Spirit? Is it by works of the law? Or is it because you heard about Jesus with faith. That is the way you continue to live your life. So 
we can look at continual repentance of sin as a Christianese version of works of the law. It's not the law. The law is 613 commandments, but we can still apply something which is impossible to abide by, which is the law, to our modern day church when they say, I repent of my sins. You know, it really makes no sense at all when somebody says, I repent of my sins. This is hard to fathom for those who've been trained on behavior-focused Christianity, which is an oxymoron. When you're focused on continual actions and attitudes being modified, you're ignoring Jesus. You're ignoring his spirit. You're focusing on your production rather than the producer who is Christ. You don't produce anything. You're a branch. That's your role. Jesus said, he is the vine, you are the branch. Branches don't produce any fruit. Branches don't have a certain behavior. Branches abide. Branches live. And then the vine produces fruit through them. And that can come out in good works. It can come out in maturing behavior. So the next time you get into an argument with somebody, you don't have to walk away thinking, my gosh, who was that person? And you're thinking of yourself. You can think, hmm, I did a little bit better that time trusting Jesus and I didn't respond the same way. Uh, you know, your mind is being renewed to those new actions and attitudes, but not you. Because it was the Spirit who did that stuff through you. It's still you. It's you and Jesus together. Vine and a branch. It's a relationship. It's not all of him and none of you. It's both of you. But it's a relationship. It's a trusting it's safe thoughts. When you know one thing you're never going to have to worry about for the rest of your life is your forgiveness, that doesn't cause more sinning. It causes less sinning. It causes you to appreciate who you are. It causes you to appreciate who forgave you. And if you really want to struggle with a particular sin, think that you're not forgiven. Because when you think you're not forgiven, you just put another sin on the pile. That's just a pile, just a pile of sin. I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. It's just what I do. I sin. There's another sin. I sin. Oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner. That's what you were. You used to be a sinner. But you're, you're holy now. You're righteous. You're blameless. You're a new creation. You're set apart. Supernaturally, you're seated in Christ in heaven. Supernaturally, it's supernaturally. You're always in one of two places. You're either in Adam or in Jesus. We see this in Romans chapter five and Christians are in Christ. We've been taken out of the realm of sin, placed into the realm of the spirit, which is Jesus Romans eight. So repentance is always a healthy thing in regard to your actions and attitudes, but we aren't doing that in order to be repeatedly forgiven. You're already forgiven friend. So when it, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, when you have a situation where you're thinking, whew, that was a rough one. You're never going to think, I better do something to be forgiven because I messed up. You don't think that. You know you're already forgiven. So if you go from 
worrying about, I have to repent. Again, I'm saying I repent of my sins. Again, a gray area. Nobody can truly define that. To... All right. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. That doesn't cause you to become arrogant. It doesn't cause you to become more sinful. It causes you to remember who you are. And it causes you to thrive even in difficult situations where you make repeated mistakes. So in scripture, I want to touch on this because this is a big deal. In scripture, there are two Greek words for repent, metaneo, metanoia. Only one of those words can save you. The repentance of unbelief toward belief. That is the repentance that saves. So when you go from, I don't believe Jesus is the son of God. I don't believe he's forgiven me. Toward, I believe that. And I accept that because I need that. And some people will say that's easy believism. Even the demons believe and they shudder. Yeah, the demons believe, but they don't have a shot at believing for salvation. They had their theology correct. Satan knows who, who Jesus is. His demons know who Jesus is. They believe. But they don't have the opportunity to believe for salvation. We do. And we did once. So you're saved by grace through faith once. It happened. You're forgiven. You'll never be forgiven again. That's grace. That's the good news of the gospel. So you've died to the power of sin when that happens. I'm not talking about the verbs of sinning. And pardon my cold sore. I just noticed it's showing up pretty good on here. I get these stupid cold sores a few times a year. But anyway, that cold sore is not going to stop me from doing my walk talk. But you have died to the power of sin, which is hamartia. It is a force everywhere which entered this realm when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and no longer believed him. So there you have sin, the power of sin. And then you have sinning, which is actions and attitudes. Okay. When you are, when you place your faith in Christ, you've believed you were taken out of sin, placed into Jesus. I know this, we don't hear this much. This is new covenant stuff. You literally die. Your spirit died. The instant you believed that Christ forgave you and you were buried in the tomb with Jesus and you were resurrected with Jesus as a new, new creation. This is why you have the thoughts that you have about your struggle. When you were saved, there was no struggle. But once you got saved, there's a struggle with sin because you've died to it and it won't make sense to you. Unbelievers, unregenerate people who have not believed... They naturally sin. They naturally practice sin, an ongoing thing to get better at. Christians have a natural practice of righteousness. We do more righteous things to get better at righteous things because that is what we are. So you have hamartia, sin. You're taken out of sin, died to it. You've literally died to sin. So when you, when you make a mistake, you can tell yourself, I've died to sin. That's not for me. See that? So expressing sin makes no sense. But you're still here on planet Earth, so you will sin because you're a human and Hamartia is still here. But that's, that's the repentance that saves. Then you have the other 
repentance. Repentance of actions and attitudes. So you have metaneo, metanoia, two different types of repentance. We have one translation for that word, which is repent. You better repent, I repent. It's a fighting word. It used to be a trigger word for me, but I'm a lot better in regard to people yelling the word repent. Um, because they've been taught wrong, so I gotta, get, I gotta show them some grace. But two different types of repentance. One repentance saves you, one repentance allows you to mature. So repentance of unbelief toward belief saves you. Repentance of actions and attitudes allows you to enjoy your salvation, enjoy your, enjoy your maturation, but it's not repeatedly forgiving you. Your forgiveness is a done deal. Once you have placed your faith in Christ for forgiveness. Why is that? Because only blood forgives. Hebrews 9 tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Jesus only offered his blood up once. By one offering, you have been sanctified. You have been perfected. Repeated confession doesn't repeatedly forgive you. You know, 1 John 1, 9, if you confess, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. All means all. This is that if you were saved by grace through faith and then you had to repeatedly confess your sins, that's a works-based righteousness. And Paul tells us in Romans 11, Romans 11, if it's by works, then it cannot be based on grace. See that? So let's talk about some of these, these elephant in the room passages. First John 1, 9. That is an invitation for unbelievers to believe once. That's why it says all. He will forgive you of all your sins. This is not repeated confession. John wrote the book and John knew that only blood forgives because he went to the annual day of atonement. Before Jesus, he didn't confess his sins to be repeatedly forgiven. So after Jesus, he's not going to repeatedly confess his sins to be repeatedly forgiven. This is in all. All means all. So what about faith without works is dead? The legalist, that's a go-to passage for them. So some of the most angry people who message me, who I don't respond to, will say faith without works is dead, blah, 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 because they've been taught that they have to have repeated works to be repeatedly forgiven, which gives you more faith or some kind of cluster of that gumbo of crap. If we look at the book of James, he is describing two different people with a one-time act of saving faith, Abraham and Rahab. What did Abraham do? Put Isaac on the altar. How did he do that? By faith. He believed God. It's my one and only son. I've been waiting my entire life to have this son. And then you want me to sacrifice him? It doesn't show a lifetime of works of Abraham. One-time act of saving faith. What about Rahab? Rahab's the other example. She's not even Jewish. Do you see that? And he's using her as a patriarch of the Jewish faith. What did she do? She was a prostitute. She opened up the door for the spies who were spying on the land that they were getting ready to take over. And she let the spies out. She released them. But she believed God. And she did that. It doesn't say she stopped prostituting. It doesn't say anything about any repeated works. 
it's two different people, a one-time act of saving faith. So we have to look at the book of James in the proper context. Another context of James is, and I have some very trusted colleagues who believe this, I'm not against this, James was written before he understood the gospel. Why? Because James was the first epistle written. Acts was written after the book of James was written. In the book of Acts, Paul and James had a confrontation because James still wanted to add in the law with the gospel. And Paul said, no, you can't do that. And James went away and agreed. That is correct. Do you see that? So either way, grace stands. So that's how we have to look at the book of James. It's not a lifetime of works to prove your faith. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.